Welcome to the Vision Church Podcast. We are so excited to have you with us. We hope this message will encourage and inspire you to walk out your God-given vision. Now here's today's message. Well, I am so excited to get to share with you this morning. God has been stirring a word in my heart. And, you know, my kids, uh, they're, they're into some of these movies that have been coming out, some of the Marvel movies that have been coming out in the last decade. And, and I, I got to admit, I mean, I get caught up in it too with them. And yeah, thank you, my son says. And so, so I was thinking about some of these characters because a lot of these stories are about guys who are men, women who were ordinary and then something has happened to them to become extraordinary. You know, for instance, being bit by a, a laboratory experiment spider, right? One of them. And then another guy, he drinks the nectar of, a, of an ancient flower that only grows in dark caves. I don't know how that works, but he drinks it and then he becomes something, right? Another person, you know, they, they experience radiation. And so now they're, they have superpowers, you know. Another person, uh, what's another one? I'm trying to think of another one. That, but you guys get the point of what I'm saying. They go from ordinary to extraordinary and let me tell you that's God's plan for you all along because God wants to put his super on your natural so then you're able to do what you couldn't do before you know back when I was growing up I remember uh, we had dress up day at high school and we dressed up uh, me and a friend of mine it was 50s attire and so I didn't know much about the stuff because I didn't grow up in the 50s, but they had that, what, what's that stuff you put in your hair, that little dabble, do you? I forget what it's called. Bro cream, Bro cream that's what it was. <clears throat> I never used it, obviously. And so, <laughs> and so, but we used it that day. And so they took a picture of us and that was their caption, you know, little dabble, do you? Well, how many of you know hair gel can be supernatural for your hair, right? I mean, it, because it gives your hair the ability to do something it couldn't do on its own. And I found this picture and I thought, oh my word, you know, that's, that's ability right there. And so what God wants to do though for us this morning is he wants to have us be in a place where his super can come on our natural. And it gives us the ability to do things that we couldn't do before. How many of you are for that? You'd, boy, you'd like to see that in your own life. Well, I'm going to read to you out of John. John chapter 14 verse 12 says this. It says, he who believes in me. The works that I do will he do also, and greater works than these will he do. Now that sounds like God wants to put his super on our natural, doesn't it? Because he wants us to do greater works than what he did. But here's what happens for a lot of people is they settle. Because things have been one way for so long, they think, you know what? It's been like this for so long. I I mean, I'll always have to deal with this sickness. I'll always be in debt. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll never find that right person to be able to marry. Or maybe, I, you know, I guess I'll be single the rest of my life. You know, and they wind up settling. And I want to show you a picture. This is my house. This is the very first house that Nicole and I bought. And I found it on Google Earth, okay? We weren't living here at the time this was taken. But if you'll look over on the left, on the, I guess that's the left-hand side, on the corner of the house. That corner of the house began to settle when we lived there, when we bought it. And so, you know, it was settling down into the ground and because of that they recut all the doors in the house and so they had to make them fit 
And then the cracks, you know, because sometimes the walls crack, so I could see repairs, you know, where it began to crack because of the settling. Well, that's what happens when something settles. In your own life, you begin to adjust to things because you somehow figure in your mind, it'll never change. This is the way it will always be. I won't ever make any more than this. I won't ever become any more than this. You know, and, and if you do that, if, you, if that's your mindset all the time, then guess what? According to your faith, be it done unto you, right? It'll happen that way. But God doesn't want us to settle. What he wants to do is he wants to come in and permajack, right? Your vision, your dream, he wants to get it back up. And that's what we did to this house. We jacked up the corner of that, uh, of that house and then, guess what I had to do? I had to recut the doors again. Because now I have to make them the way they were originally intended to be. Right? And God wants to do that in your life. He wants to do some foundation repair. Come on, I'm going to preach this morning a little bit. And it's okay if you talk back to me. I know it's not, I may not be as excited about it yet. I'll get there. Pray for me. Right? But what I'm saying to you this morning is don't settle. Don't, especially in your faith. Your faith was not designed to settle. Settling always goes lower. Even though they recut those doors and even though they repaired those cracks, guess what? It continued to settle. And we had, we had to patch the more cracks. Hmm. Let me read to you out of Romans 12, verse 3. Romans 12, verse 3 says this. God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. Now, this is what I want to talk to you about this morning, is I felt to start a series on faith that we're calling superhuman. And notice this, that it says that God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. Now, look at Romans 10, 17. It says, now faith comes by and hearing by the word of God, right? That's how your faith grows, but God has given each person a measure of faith. So you've been given this measure. So I want to deal with some realities this morning, okay? Because you don't, we're not at a place as Christians, if you've made Jesus the Lord of your life, you, you don't need more faith. What you need to do is use the faith that you have. It's been given to you. And we need to grow it. We need to strengthen it. Amen? So here's the first reality is this. I want you to realize this morning that you have all the faith you need. You have all the faith you need. This is my favorite verse. This verse set me free because in 2011, um, in January, my mother experienced a massive heart attack. And when she experienced that heart attack, we, you know, of course, we took her to the hospital. The first thing we did was we prayed. And when we took her to the hospital... Things didn't get better. They got worse. And, and it got worse and it got worse. But during that time, it was, she was in there from, um, I mean, she, she was in there a total of 16 days. And during that time, you know, we were fighting the fight of faith because she was on a ventilator tube. She was out most of the time. My dad and I, we were praying and believing God, uh, looking up scriptures that we could stand on and exercising our faith and I found this scripture God took me to this scripture and it set me free in my faith because the enemy will come Satan will come and he'll he'll try to convince you you don't have enough faith 
to do what you need to do. To believe for what you need to believe for. That the things that you're going through are beyond your capacity to believe. And it's not true. And this verse set me free. Let's read it together. 1 Corinthians 10 verse 13. It says, No temptation is overtaking you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted beyond that which you are able. Now, oftentimes when you see that word temptation, it makes you think of, you know, different things. It makes you think of relationships, right, guys and, and girls, or, or it makes you think of diet, you know, fighting the temptation. I heard about this lady that was, she, uh, she was fasting the bakery. She wanted to change her diet, so she was fasting the bakery, so she found a different way to be able to drive to work so that it wouldn't, go, it wouldn't take her past the bakery. And so when she was driving this other way, then they had a detour, and it took her back to that road that was by the bakery. Well, she was driving, and she slowed down, and she was going by the bakery, and she's looking in the window and seeing all that stuff in there. And she says, she goes, you know, Lord, she said, I don't know if you've just opened up this opportunity or because I've been doing so good, you want, you want to treat me to something, she said. But, you know, but if, if you open up a parking space right in front of that bakery, then, then I'll know that you are opening the door for me to, you know, treat myself today. And she said, and after the eighth time around, there was an available spot, you know. <laughs> she was able to get in there. That's not what I'm talking about. Here's one of the most dangerous temptations. You know what it is? It's doubt. It's unbelief. It is hearing the word of God, but then choosing that circumstances, you believe the circumstances more than you believe what God said. One of my favorite stories uh, Jerry Savelle told it was because I really identified with it. When I was a kid, my dad would take me to go and get slushies, you know, and so that was always a real treat. And he was talking about how he was driving to another city and he was getting ready to preach somewhere and his daughter was in the back of the car and she said, Dad, can we get a slushie? And, his, and he said, yeah, sweetie, we can get a slushie, but we're going to get it after the meeting, okay? Because I don't want you to get all sticky all over your nice dress and everything. And she said, okay. Well, about 30 minutes went by and she asked again, Dad, I thought you said we were going to get a slushie. Where are we going to get a slushie? And he reminded her what he said before. We're going to stop after the meeting. And this happened about four or five times. Well, on the last time, finally, Jerry Savelle pulled the car over and he said, sweetheart, I told you, we'll get a slushie after the meeting. After that, I don't want you to get it all sticky all over. But, but listen, it's hurting my heart that you've asked me so many times because it seems like you don't believe me. And I want you to know that Daddy's telling you the truth. And when he said that, he said the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart and said, yeah, me too. Me too. Because God tells us things, but then we choose to believe the opposite. Wow. But look at this. God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you were able to bear. That means you're not going through anything right now that you don't have the faith to overcome. That God hasn't put it inside you to be able to overcome that. Doesn't that excite you? Man, that excited me. Especially when we were in the hospital and we didn't know what was going to happen. I mean, mom's heart rate continued to drop. You know, her blood pressure began to continue to drop. 
they, they thought that they were gonna, she was going to flatline at any minute. I mean, it was, if it wasn't one thing, it was something else. And then after that, it was something else. And after that, it was something else. But you know what God helped us do? God helped us begin to find scriptures each time. When this was the issue, God showed us a scripture that we could stand on on this issue. issue. And then when this issue came up, God gave us another scripture for this issue. You know, and over and over and over. And we began to apply our faith to what that scripture said. And do you know what happened? 16 days later, we walked out of the hospital. Mom walked out of the hospital. (laughs) That's the most important one. She literally walked out of the hospital. Man, what a blessing. So, let me tell you, God will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. Listen, they're not going to give a college exam to an elementary student. Okay? Are they? They're not going to give one. Why? Because it's beyond what he is able. He's not able to bear up under that, right? Look at Matthew chapter 17, verse 20. Jesus said, I say to you that if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. And nothing will be impossible for you. Man, think about that. Does that sound superhuman or what? Sounds like a speeding bullet, right? You sound like Superman. What what was it? Faster than a speeding bullet? Stronger than a locomotive? (laughs) It's a bird. It's a plane. It's it's you. You guys, you're saying Superman. It's you because God's put his super on your natural. Man, glory to God. So don't let the devil lie to you. Don't let him tell you, hey, you don't have enough faith and you won't ever have enough faith. Learn to use it. When you use it, it will grow. Amen? Amen. So I want to show you a couple of pictures this morning. These are of two different men. The first man, he's a stout young man, right? He's kind of muscular. No, he's pretty skinny. This is a skinny guy. All right, now I'm going to show you another picture of another guy, and you'll probably recognize this guy. Right, Dwayne? Now, something interesting about both of these guys they have the same amount of muscles. Did you know that? They have the same amount of mus- muscles, but one of them has done something differently. <laughs> what has he done? He has exercised his muscles, right? He has gotten in there, and you know what? You know what grows muscles? It's resistance, right? Whenever you, whenever you get in the weight, in, weight room, and you begin to exercise, or you get on that treadmill, what happens is your muscles begin to experience resistance, right? And muscles, whenever you're developing your muscles and they're growing, they begin to tear, don't they? When you use heavier weights, they begin to tear, and then they heal, and what happens? They heal stronger than they were before. Well, think about this in your faith. When you're believing God for something, and you feel like your faith is being stretched. You feel like it's tearing. You feel like you're doing everything that you can. Having done all to stand. You're standing. And, you're, and your faith is being exercised. What's happening? It's tearing. But then guess what happens? It grows back. It gets stronger, doesn't it? It gets stronger. Why? Because you're using your faith. Now this is another reason that you stand on the word of God and you use scripture. Whenever you're going through something. 
You know, on my phone, I have programmed all of my healing scriptures. Um, I, every time I go through something, I'll start a new category. And I'll write down scriptures that minister to me on that subject. Like if, if it's healing, I'll find all these, I found all these scriptures on healing. I'll tell you what it, where it started was out of Dodie Osteen's book, Healed of Cancer. She had the 40 scriptures that she wrote down when God healed her. Uh, she's been over 20 years completely free from cancer. She had the kind of cancer, metastatic cancer of the liver, that she would die in three weeks. They sent her home basically to die. But what did she do? She said, I began to quote the word of God every day. When I read that, it impacted my life so much. I began to quote the scriptures every day. I, I started with her 40 that she had. And then I began to weed out ones that I didn't feel like, you know, were for me. And I replaced them with other ones that I liked, that were ministering to you. You need to find what, what's ministering to you. You say, well, Phil, were you sick? No. But why wait? Why wait until you're sick before you start quoting what the Word of God says, before you start speaking the Word over your life? Amen? Man, yeah. So, we're, we're developing faith muscles in here. Let me tell you, because faith is grown by resisting and overcoming the resistance of doubt and unbelief. Doubt and unbelief will come. Whenever you make the decision to work out, how many of you have ever done this? Make a decision, I'm going to start exercising. And what happens the first day? Hit snooze on the alarm. <laughs> yeah, or you actually may make it out of bed. You may even put on your workout clothes and you get on that treadmill and you start going. And the first five minutes you think, man, this is pretty cool. This is not as bad as what I thought. And then five minutes goes by and you're like, man, surely I've been exercising for 20 minutes. It's only been five minutes. <laughs> I remember when I started exercising, I was 35 years old for the first time. Uh, because from, you know, graduating high school, and of course in your 20s, you're always active. You're always doing stuff. You know, I was playing basketball all the time or, you know, doing something active. But then you get into your 30s and you're working more and more. And you, especially if you get a desk job, you know, you don't move around a lot. And I remember when I, I made the decision at 35, I said, I've got to start exercising again. So a friend of mine and I, we joined a gym and we went at 6 a.m. every morning, Monday through Friday. And I remember two days into it, oh man, my arms, I couldn't bend them past, I couldn't extend them past here. It's because, and, and I started easy. I mean, I was doing the 10-pounders. I mean, I thought, no, I'm going to start off real easy, you know, because I didn't want, I didn't want to hurt my body, you know. <laughs> I didn't want to shock it. I just wanted it to get strong. And I remember I was sleeping that night, and I woke up in the middle of the night, and I was in so much pain from my arms that literally, I mean, I felt other places in my body too, okay, my legs, my back, my hips, every, every part was hurting, but my arms were aching. And literally, a tear went down my cheek. I'm laying there. And then, and then when I went to work the next day, the guys were noticing I was walking around like this. I couldn't, I couldn't put my arms out. And it was at the church. And so, you know what the guys do? You know what your friends do? They come up to you like this, and they go, oh, how are you feeling? And you go, ah, 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 you know, don't touch me, don't touch me. Because you're so, you know, anyway, maybe you've never been there. <laughs> but, oh, man. But let me tell you. A week later, well, okay, no, let's get real. A month later, <laughs> the, 
Because if you can get past the shock, if you can get past that initial pain and that hurt, and you can get to the other side of that, it gets easier. It gets easier. Why? Because your muscles are getting strengthened. And they're getting stronger and stronger. And you know what began to happen? Things in my body um, that gave me problems before were no longer giving me problems. I'll tell you what one of those things were. It was my back, my spine. Um, because, you know, you have your spine and you have those vertebrae in there. In fact, I'm going to show you a picture of the spine. Let's put that picture of, of the spine. Okay, so you see all the vertebrae that you have coming down your back. Well, I mean, I would do something when, before I started exercising, I, I would throw a vertebrae out. It would, it would get taken out of alignment. And what happens when a vertebrae is out of alignment is it begins to pinch something. And your nerves that run down through there, I mean, it, it, sometimes it can send pains all the way down your arms, all the way down your legs, your back. How many of you have experienced that? Okay, so I'm not alone there. And, and so what was happening was I was throwing my back out on a regular basis. Well, what's holding all of those bones in place, I mean, they're connected by ligaments and muscles. Okay, all your spines connected by ligaments and muscles. And let me tell you, your faith... Listen to this. Your faith is connected to the promise. Faith is what connects you to the promise. Okay? And so the next picture, let's, let's look at this. this is, uh, these are the muscles attached to the vertebrae. Okay? Because what the muscles do is they, keep, they help keep the bones in place. And your faith is that muscle that keeps you connected to the promise of God. It keeps you in alignment with the promise. You're on your way to that promise taking place in your life as long as your faith is strong. But here's what happens is sometimes if you don't exercise and you lose muscle tone, then those muscles, if they become weak around those bones, it's more easily, it's more easy for them to get misaligned, to come out of alignment. That's what happens to your faith. Some people have derailed their faith because their faith is weak. And the reason it's weak is, well, there are many reasons, but one is they're probably not receiving enough of the Word of God. They're probably not putting the Word, putting the word to work in their own life. You know, applying it to their situation. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. You know, if, I, if I'm feeding my flesh on a regular basis, but I know I'm not feeding my spirit, then which one's going to be stronger? My flesh is going to be stronger, you know? I mean, if you're a couch, if you like to sit on the couch and play video games all day, eventually you're, that's going to take a toll on your physical body. Why? Because you're not getting any exercise. And so, when I started to exercise, all of a sudden, those muscles began to get strong, and it began to help hold those bones in place. And you know, I, I don't go to the chiropractor nearly as often as I used to. Man, I only, I, I, there's a chiropractor that blesses us. Um, he's such a blessing. He just wants to, you know, be a blessing to us. And so uh, Nicola's been and, and, and our, our whole family will usually go together if we're, if we're in that town. It's in another city. And, and so we'll just stop in. And man, it's so much better to get a tune-up instead of a repair job. You know what I mean? It just, man, it's a good thing. 
And so let me tell you, your faith needs to grow to that same place, right? You may need to have something like an Apple Watch for your faith. No, <laughs> some people don't like Apple. I'm hearing the comments already. Well, here's the reason I have one is Zach and Becca bought this for me for Christmas. And they said, Dad, we know that you won't buy one, but we know that if you had one, you would use it all the time. And do you know they were right? I've used this thing every day ever since they bought it for me. You know, but one of the things that it does is it comes up, pops up every afternoon and says, hey, it's time to stand up. And I go, huh? And then I realize I've been sitting down too long. I've been sitting down. And so it's trying to help me stay active. Man, so, I, I, how many of you feel like, man, I need to set a reminder for my faith. I need to set a reminder to speak the word of God to research the Word of God, to read my scriptures today. I need to build my faith up in this situation. I've got this going on over here. I've got this I'm believing for here. You know what? I'm setting my faith right now for it in Jesus' name. Man, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Number two, the second reality we need to realize is faith works mainly by words and actions. Words and actions. That's how you release your faith. That's how your faith works. The first way, first way is through your words. Let's talk a little bit about that because God has all of these promises out there. And he says, look, I've promised you healing, health, wholeness, prosperity, uh, increase. I've promised to take care of you. I've promised to give you great ideas. I've promised to help you. All right. So what we need to do in order to obtain those promises is we need to line our mouth up with the word of God so that we can obtain those. John 2 verse 20 says this it says faith without works is dead now look at James chapter 3 so there's got to be an action and so you can use your mouth is a part of the action that you can put into place James chapter 3 verse 4 and 5 says this it says look also at the ships although they are large they are driven by fierce winds they are turned and by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. Even so, the tongue is a little member and it boasts great things. So it's comparing your tongue to, your, to the rudder on a ship. Because what can happen is your declaration can become your destination. The words that you speak over your life can take you in that, di that direction. Think about it. You can think back to when you were a kid. If somebody said something that was hurtful, you know, somebody said something over another person that was not positive. You know, it was negative. You'll never amount to anything. You know, you'll never get it right. You, you have no future. You know, if, if you speak those kinds of things over a child, then guess how they're going to grow up? They're going to start believing that. But man, imagine if you speak over a child the opposite. You can do anything. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. God has a call on your life. He has a plan and a purpose for you. Your best days are out in front of you. You know, sometimes you have to edify others. You know what the word edify means? I looked it up in the Greek. It was very interesting. It's you are constructing a house. It's like building a house. It's construction. You're constructing their life with your words. What about your own life? Are you constructing your health with your words? Are you speaking faith over your life? Over your, I mean, are you speaking what you want to see? 
Think about this. Have you ever been on an elevator and you got on there and you forgot what floor you were going to? Maybe you were talking to somebody and you hit the button to the floor that you were already on. And then you talk a little bit more. I've done this. And then, you, and then when you get done talking, you go, oh, uh, oh where? and then you realize you hit the floor that you're on. And so you haven't gone anywhere. So in order to go somewhere, you have to hit the button where you want to go, right? It's the same way with your words. If you talk about your mountain, it will become bigger. But if you talk to it, it'll do what you want it to do. You got to tell it what to do, but it'll obey you. You say, Phil, how do you know that? Well, because we just read that scripture earlier. That Jesus said that you, if you had faith as a mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea, and it will obey you. Man, thank God. I didn't read that scripture earlier, did I? Did I? Yeah, Matthew, I did. So, man, talk to your situation. Don't talk about it. Right? And here's the best thing that you can say out of your mouth. You can speak the word of God over your situation. Why? Because Phil's words don't have power. Not like God's words. And here's my scripture for that. I love this scripture. Isaiah 55, 11, It's my favorite. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void. But it shall accomplish what I please. And it will prosper into the thing, in the thing whereunto I sent it. So God's word, think about it. Every word that he speaks goes out and it accomplishes. Man, what if you put God's word in your mouth? What's it going to do? It's going to go out and it's going to accomplish. One, you're lining up your will with his will. Boom. And man, when you're speaking it, it's powerful. And it goes and accomplishes what it was sent to do. So man, speak that word. Amen? And then actions. James chapter 2, look at this verse. James chapter 2, verse 14 says this. It says, my friends, talking about action. My friends, what good is it to say you have faith when you do not have anything that shows that you really do have faith? Can that kind of faith save you? If you say to someone who doesn't have any clothes or food, you say to them, I I hope all goes well for you and I hope you uh, will be warm and have plenty to eat. What good is it to say this unless you do something to help them. Man, we've got to have actions that back up our words, right? And then reality number three. This is one of my favorite scriptures as well. Mark 9, 23. It says, all things are possible to him who believes. This is, this is one side of a two-sided coin. The other side of the coin is, with God, all things are possible. But this side is, all things are possible to him who believes we have to believe we have to be believers right and so this is a key ingredient for us and the most difficult time to believe is when you don't have a reason to believe you know maybe maybe your experience in the past has been a different outcome you've had this experience over and over and over and over and you just don't see how it's going to change you know, well, I believe God back here. I believe God back here. Or, or you know somebody that believed God and, and it didn't happen for them. Guys, we, we can't base our faith on somebody else's experience. We can't. 
This is why a lot of people have pulled off of healing. Some ministers don't even bring it up. They don't even talk about it. Why? Because they, because they believed God for somebody and they went home to be with the Lord. <clears throat> you know? So what does that mean? Does that mean that we should never pray for anybody ever again? Man, that's not right. Does that, does that mean that this word of God, the Bible, I should just throw it out? No. No. But some people have. Maybe subconsciously. In the things that they say. You know, that's where some of this teaching comes that, well, you know, maybe it was God's will that they got sick to begin with. And yet you read John 10.10 completely defies that. John 10.10 says the thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Jesus said, but I've come that I might give life and give life more abundantly. I didn't see anywhere in the Gospels, anywhere in Mark, uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John where Jesus made somebody sick. Did you? I never saw him say, hey, go, go and be sick. <laughs> no. He healed everybody that he came in contact with. So if somebody's experience was different, should that now change our belief about what Jesus did and what he said? I'm asking you this morning, because this is crucial to your faith. Because if we can believe, superhuman things can happen in our life. If we can believe. That's the key phrase. In fact, that's the first part of Mark 9, 23. Jesus spoke to the man and he said, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. So there's a prerequisite. I've got to be the kind of person that believes. I've got to be the one who decides I'm going to be a believer and not a doubter. I'm going to choose to believe God's word regardless. Regardless of what happens, I choose to believe what he said because there's limited there is unlimited, excuse me, potential for the believer. The person that believes. Man, some of you are in here and I sense that you've been wrestling with this in some ways. You've had some experiences, some, some things have happened to people, you know, maybe that you know in your own life and, and you think, well, I, you know, I just don't know if I can, if I can believe that. <clears throat> Belief is a decision. It's not based on emotions. Your emotions will line up with what you believe. They will. And what God is asking us to do is very simple. It's not a hard thing to believe, is it? If I say something to you, if I tell you I'm going to come over and mow your lawn, you know, I mean, and you believe me, is that a hard thing to believe that I'm going to come and mow your lawn? Then why is it any more difficult to believe that if God said something, I can have that in my life? I can experience it in my life. Remember Moses. God did this great deliverance. They came out of Egypt, right? All of these amazing miracles happened. And when they came out of Egypt, they got all the way to the Red Sea. And now they're at the Red Sea. All of them are standing facing this great, vast sea. And then behind them, Pharaoh has pulled up behind them. And they're going, they're crying out to God. Moses began to cry out to God. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? And God said, God said, why are you crying out to me? Move forward. And Moses must have looked at the sea and gone, 
<laughs> I mean, you know, what do you mean move forward? There's a sea in front of me. And then God went on to say, use the staff in your hand and part the water. Now notice, Moses, God asked him to do something he could do. Could Moses use his staff? Come on, that's an honest question. It's a yes or no question. Could he use his staff? All right. And then when he used his staff, what happened? God's super came on Moses' natural. Because Moses couldn't part the Red Sea. You and I can't. Have you ever parted a glass of water? I haven't. Let me know if you have. I'd like to see that. But he couldn't part the sea. But God's super on his natural could part the sea. All he had to do was use the staff. So here's my question this morning to you. What do you have going on in your life that you need to use the staff for? What are you facing that you need to begin to take your staff and put it to work? You need to do, in essence what I'm saying is, you need to do what you can do. What are you facing in your life? Would you bow your heads all around the room? I want to pray for you if... If you're here and you're dealing with sickness in your life, physical body, you have some kind of sickness, illness that you're dealing with, and, and you're saying, would you pray for me? I just like, I just like the, uh, the prayer of agreement, the prayer of faith, because I believe God can heal me. If that's you, would you raise your hand all around the room? We want to pray for you first. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Okay, here's what I'm going to do. Could you do this for me? If you're able to and it doesn't hurt you, Um, would you stand? If you're not able to stand, would you just put your hand up so that we can pray with you? I'm not going to call you up to the front, but I'm going to pray. We're going to pray for you right now. Would you stand up? Those of you that raised your hands, thank you. Thank you. We want to agree in prayer for you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. There was somebody else, or is this everybody? Okay. All right. We have promises in the Word of God. The Bible says that these signs will follow those who believe. The very last sign that Jesus said that would follow those who believe is that we would lay hands on the sick and they would recover. That's a great promise, isn't it? Okay, so here's what I'm going to instruct the rest of you that are sitting down to do. Would you reach over and just put your hand somewhere on their shoulder and let's touch let's do what the Bible said let's lay hands on them and this is what will happen they'll recover we have a promise right so I'm going to ask you to begin to pray for those every person go ahead and pray for them right now Jesus. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. 
Now, Father God, right now, we speak to each person individually right now in the name of Jesus. We speak healing, health, and wholeness into their bodies now. Sickness, go. Pain, leave. Wellness, be restored in the mighty name of Jesus. Joint pain, I command you to go. Joints, you get in line with the word of God. Father, I thank you. You're healing stomachs in here. Lord, you're healing headaches in Jesus' name. God, that every person in here is healthy, whole, complete, and well. In the mighty name of Jesus. We thank you for it by faith. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Now, if it was something that you couldn't do before, go ahead and move it. Go ahead and look at it. Go ahead and check your back. Go ahead and check your arm. Go ahead and check that area. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Now, I also want to pray for you that if you're that person that I was talking about, that you need to hold your staff out. You have a red sea in front of you. And you don't, you don't see any way around it. It may, it may be a pile of debt. It may be something in your own life. But your faith has waned on it. You had faith at the start, but your faith has waned. And now you're going, man, I need to get back. I need to put that staff back in my hand. I need to point it at the Red Sea and command it to part in Jesus' name. If that's you, I want to pray for you. So I'm going to ask everybody, if that's you... Do what I'm doing. Just put your hands in the air. We're going to agree together in faith, and we're going to speak to this thing, and we're going to recommit to get back in faith so that God can do a superhuman thing in our life. Thank you, God. Father, we thank you right now in Jesus' name. Lord, we raise our hands in faith. Lord, we speak to that mountain, and we command it to be cast into the sea in Jesus' name. God, we command that sea to be parted, and we're going to walk through on dry ground. Father, we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Lord, I speak against debt. I speak against lack. I speak against sickness, illness, disease in Jesus' name. God, I speak against those things that are blocking your people from getting to their promised land. Father, we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Lord, we receive it, we call it done, in the mighty name of Jesus. Thanks so much for listening. If you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so at visionnwa.com forward slash give. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast available on iTunes and SoundCloud. Vision Church, vision for life.